Kim. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They took it away. Now, Ed, our, we just did a segment that was so great that Jared sitting in the studio, instead of listening to us, retweeted a tweet that says, seriously, a monkey could bartend. This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best of on the show. But we got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Coming up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. Only best of today is more Foo Fighter tickets. We'll be giving those away later in the show. Not much else. Here we go. The first bite. <laughs> Should we believe Dave Cavill? That is a loaded question. What are we believing Dave Cavill about? Uh I'm... Well, I think we should believe some of the things he says, um, but I'm not so sure how much weight we should put to them. He works the, for the A's. He works for he works for the A's. He works for John Fisher. He's been to Las Vegas a lot. He's probably seen some shows and had a dinner or two. And it appears he's found some land that he put an offer in on. We're just not sure how much or where. We know he's a Golden Knights fan and he's not toxic because he he became a fan after Flurry left. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. This city can never complain again about being used as leverage by a pro sports <laughs> We <team>. love it. <laughs> this city cannot get enough of the Oakland A's fake parade about coming to Las Vegas. This city continues to go out of its way to get used as leverage by the Oakland A's, and it's ridiculous. The A's are not coming here. They're not moving to Las Vegas. But Dave Cobble comes in and says, you know what, guys? I put in a bid on a plot of land somewhere in Las Vegas. And everybody loses it again. Again. It's unbelievable. Dave Cobble didn't even have to tell us where that land is. Dave Cobble doesn't even have to tell us how much his bid was. Yeah, he what was his bid? He could have bid 99 cents. Yeah. He could have said, you know what? I want that land for a dollar. And Henderson said yes. <laughs> they might have, right? <laughs> he might have. But they're going to give him the dollar back on the back. Dave Cobble has not had to give any details. He just shows up in Vegas, wanders around, says, hey, a ballpark would look nice here. Wanders around. And we lose our minds about, oh, my God, he might come here. What if we did see him wandering the streets? (laughs) It looks good over there. That is all he has had to do. Do you remember in early October? Dave Cavill and hell, Rob Manfred said it too. After the World Series is over, we're going to release some finalist locations in Las Vegas. Right. We're going to have finalist sites, and we'll go from there in Vegas. Where are those finalist sites? I went to the last game of the World Series. It's been like three weeks. Where are those finalist sites at? Oh, never mind. We changed that because that would be Dave Cavill having to give an actual detail about moving to Las Vegas, which he has yet to do in six months. Friend of the show, Dave Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm not so sure about that anymore. And aside from us just getting whipped into a frenzy about it, Howard Hughes Corporation is out here like, you know what? Cancel your bid on that plot we'll of mystery land. land. We'll give you free land as long as you put the team in Summerlin. What? We're pathetic. We're the most pathetic city in the world. And if anybody in the city complains about you being used as leverage, we did it to ourselves. Doesn't 
Summerlin already have a baseball team. That's no, the fun part no, about that. They, no. Owned by Howard Hughes. Whoa, by Howard Hughes. No, they are the Las Vegas Aviators. Do not make that mistake, or you will be pulled into a meeting, I have learned. <laughs> They're owned by Howard Hughes. Yes. Howard Hughes is yes. just like, screw the Aviators. Yes. We'll give you free land. But they're an, okay. Dave Cavill has not given a single detail about what it would look like if the A's moved to Las Vegas. You and I have come on here for six months and been like, cool. How's it being paid for? That's and the one that, thing I want to know. That has yep. yet to have even yes. been yes. answered. Like, not even remotely considered, apparently. No. Aside for that one time, Dave Cobble was like, we could tax rental cars. He said that one time, <laughs> and that was it, right? But we have no idea what Dave Cobble, what the A's plan would be to come here and pay for a stadium here. Listen, if Dave Cobble comes out and says, you know what? We're really interested in Vegas. We're willing to pay for it 100% ourselves. Well, good. That's a detail. And then at that point, I'd say, if well, you're serious about that, then we'll be could, at opening day. Yeah, that's that could be a reality here. But he has not said that he is. He has mentioned private public partnership before, but he has not given any sort of details about, hey, if we're going to do it in Vegas, we need 200, 400, 800 million dollars, whatever that number is. He has not said it. And here's the thing. Here's some actual details that's happening in Oakland. This is from uh, Field of Schemes. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff revealed on Friday that she's definitely getting $260 million from that state infrastructure front fund, much of which would be available for many of the costs associated with the A's stadium. Oh she's my God. also getting $14.5 million in federal infrastructure grants and $17 million in other funding. Don't know where that's coming from, which should take the city close to the finish line of funding its $855 million in A's infrastructure spending Though since expected cost has risen to upwards of a billion dollars, she would also want to pass a $150 million limited obligation bond. All of that is in addition to the $495 million that Oakland has already agreed to give the A. So, some quick math for you. 495 plus 260 plus 14.5 plus 17 plus 150 equals $931.5 million. Just the, a little under what we're going to give them. That is almost a billion dollars <laughs> that Oakland might be giving the A's. 495 already guaranteed. They might be getting a billion dollars from Oakland to build a ballpark there. And people think they're moving here with no public money? We're stupid. We're, we are, we, we're asking for this. I will say, based on all the Californians I've met who've recently moved here, it's a lot cheaper here to live a so billion dollars cheaper well i'm just saying like maybe like a billion dollars in california you know like we only have to give them 20 million and they're like wow this is like a billion dollars in california and i don't think the legislature has changed its mind when they said we have absolutely no interest in giving public money for this i don't have they have you read anything no. that says they said hey we rethought it dave made it <laughs> dave made an offer on some land so that means he's serious so we're going to rethink this, and we're going to vote like we did for the Raiders Stadium in UNLV and bring the A's here. I don't think there's no. any temperature for that. So I mean, where's the public money? We had Steve Sisolak on the show, what, two weeks ago? And he basically laughed off the idea that the A's would get public money. Right. He basically said there's zero, there's zero interest in anybody for giving the A's public money the way the Raiders got public money. Now, again... Dave Cobble one time mentioned taxing rental cars. Maybe there's some creative way Dave Cobble or somebody comes up with, and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's still possible, but until we hear that, there's no reason to believe it's reality. No. I mean, hell, Steve Sislak was on the show. What was the phrase he used we had to look up? Uh, stalking horse? 
He yes. used some phrase that we had never heard. Jared before. looked it up within two yeah. seconds. But it yeah. was basically like we were being used as leverage. Steve Sislak essentially said that the two governor. weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> and then two weeks later, Dave Collins, you know what? I put in a bid on some land. We're coming, baby. <laughs> Everything the A's are doing is about getting more money yeah, out absolutely. of Oakland. Sure. Every single thing. And what they want, they want headlines in newspapers and websites. They want tweets. They want all of that that's about, oh, Las Vegas A's. That's what they want because they want people in Oakland terrified that they're going to lose another team. Another team. And so far, they've gotten four to $95 million. And the mayor of Oakland's out here talking about getting it up to a billion dollars almost. They're not coming. Can't he, let's say he bid 99 cents on that land and Jared said he's getting the dollar back. I was talking to someone the other night. I'm like, well, he supposedly put a bid in on some land, wherever that is. You know, how serious do you think that is? And the person's like, he could just resell the land. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could turn around. Re- Dave right. Cobble is going to get his ballpark in Oakland and he's going to make $100 million when he resells the yes. land that he bought here. Hell, he, here's the thing if you're the A's, again, They might be getting a billion dollars out of Oakland. Why are they getting a billion dollars out of Oakland? Partially because they've used us as leverage. So let's say they bought a plot of land for $10 million, whatever it is, and and they just hold it for a while. They build their ballpark in Oakland, and then they sell it for a loss of $8 million. What do they care? They lost $2 million, but in the process, they got a billion dollars from Oakland to build that ballpark. And all the infrastructure around it. Yeah, that is probably great business. And hell, I'm saying selling a loss. They'll probably sell it at a profit if they bought land for $10 million. Well, somebody would probably give it to them for like a dollar, but they could turn around and sell it for more in the future. Like, it is... There there is no detail that we've gotten from the A's or Dave Cobble that suggests they're actually coming. No. And I can't and, wait and until he wants another $200 million, and he says, I'm coming for New Year's. I'm going to be in Vegas for New Year's, guys. That's, that's what I just do. love your uh, depiction of him wandering the streets. <laughs> I was like, who's that guy? That guy's been here seven times. We don't really know what he wants, but he's wandering the streets of Henderson and Summerlin looking at land. He seems a little weird. He's got his pointer fingers and his thumbs up yes. like in a rectangle, like he's looking <laughs> yes, at the camera. Yes, he's looking how people, yes. uh, like architects, look through their hands. Like, I can see it through my hands. I can see the ballpark. I mean, that was, I know uh, Mick Akers had the story where he talked to Dave Koppel, and Dave Koppel said something like, they were in Summerlin or downtown, and like, oh, I love the view. You can see the strip from here. Like, that's all he's talked about. Oh, and by the way, the stadium would have a roof on it, so you couldn't even see the strip from inside the stadium. But if those are the – that's it. It might have a lanai door. <laughs> <laughs> Quick side note. Are they ever going to open those? That I don't know. I Every every game we sit there and we wonder if this is the day where they're opening the lanai doors. What? And I never – I haven't seen it happen. Maybe it's happened. Who do we determine makes that call? I don't know. But, like, there have been some, like – extremely nice weather days yes. the last couple of months. and <laughs> I might have missed it, but I don't think I have because if it happened, I think the entire press box would have said, yes. hey, they're opening the doors. Look over there. Because they've had them like open. Cassie, like... get down there. <laughs> <laughs> they've had them open like once or twice before, but not during an event. They just had them open in the middle of the day. But I don't, I don't quite get the point of them if you're not going to open them in, you know, October and November in Las Vegas when it's 69 degrees outside. I mean, look, we're, we've there's nothing we've said so far in 11 minutes that we haven't said before. We think it's leverage, and until this guy steps forward and says, this is how much money I want, nobody builds, I mean, nobody builds stadiums or ballparks, read field of schemes, nobody builds it without public money. Yeah. Nobody. No one's coming here and saying, I'm paying 100% for this ballpark. No one's doing that. 
didn't Phil Foley kind of do that? No. He, okay. He just plays at an arena, though. I mean, MGM slash, uh, Fair enough. what is AEG? AEG. Yeah, AEG. they built that. But okay. that wasn't, I mean, they built it to house sports teams, but they didn't build that for sports teams. They built that because they said, we're going to have events in here and make money. Yeah, Concerts, sports, yeah. a lot of stuff. Well, that's the part that I'm, I guess, confused about is how do you not find a business partner? Why is it got to be the state? That's because every state, every, county, yeah. city is willing to be that business partner. And why wouldn't you take the free money? I mean, from Foley, I believe, paid his expansion fee, but he did. Yeah. Okay. Which that's is what five hundred, five hundred, five hundred fifty million. So, but it's until we get an actual detail from Dave Cowboy with the Oakland A's, there's no reason to believe. There's no reason to think a team is going to leave a bigger media market for a smaller media market, and also turn down nearly a billion dollars for zero dollars. Right? Until we get some detail of Dave Cobble saying, "Well, we'll do it all by ourselves in Oakland," or Somebody, whether it's state legislature, somebody says, you know what? We've got this plan in place. We could give them $450 million or whatever think, that number is. I don't think is. the latter's happening. I don't think it does either. But in, if we hear that, then I'd say, oh, okay, then right. it might be real. We might have a possibility here. But until then, they've they've got nearly $500 million already done from Oakland, already offered to them. They might have $931 million being offered to them in public money. If that nobody's turning that down, you'd be a moron to turn that down and come here with no Libby Schaff under her watch does not want to lose another team. Yeah. So she's, she's just... lost the Raiders, exactly. technically lost the Warriors. Yeah. They moved out of, out of Oakland, even though they're still in the area. And yeah, it's the A's are the only ones left. And everybody's like, oh, Las Vegas. But it's not it's not happening. We got to stop being used as love. We deserve it. I don't I don't feel bad for anybody in this city. We deserve it all. I mean, it's sort of sort of like waiting 10 years to get engaged. It's a long time. Who would do that? Coming up next, we're going to get into the Golden Knights. All right. We're giving away Foo Fighter tickets later in the show. Do you want to explain how we're doing this, Jared? So basically, I'm going to ask you Foo Fighter questions that a Foo Fighters fan would know. And if you get it right, that will add one person to what caller we will take. I'm also going to ask Ed because we need more than we can't take caller number zero. Yeah, that'd be tough. Okay, so Foo Fighters trivia. I'm ready. Question number one. What year did the Foo Fighters' first album come out? Oh, boy. 1978. Ed. Man. No. Um, well, 26, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> what's, 2000, what's 2021 minus uh, 26? Ninety four. Nineteen ninety five. Oh, Ed was close because he did the math. Yeah. Well, All I mean, right. he, I don't know what they've math been together to twenty six years, so my math and my head is bad. It's pretty close. Should we go to caller one because we might not get any of these? That's We're, up one one. One up. We're up to one. Count We're up to caller number one. Coming up next, <laughs> the Golden Knights won. Or no, the Golden Knights got beat last night. Perron in the slot, to the right, a shot, score! O'Reilly from the right goal line, banks it through Leonard, and the game is now 2-1 to one Vegas. The Blues are on the board. Bozak sends it in, Whitecloud tries to clear, could not, it's sent in front, tipped on goal, rebound, score! Tie game with 8.03 to go in the first. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Golden Knights actually took a 2-0 lead last night. 
They got off to yeah. a good start in the game. <laughs> they did. And then blew it. Did you get the feeling, though, like when it was 2 nothing, it's like the Blues are going to win? They certainly seemed more aggressive. I don't know. No. I, they no? were up 2 nothing. Really? It, here's the thing. The, the game script. Parked the bus. Yeah, the game script <laughs> for the Golden Knights has been terrible first periods. Well, they, yeah, they haven't gotten off to any good starts. Good second periods finished the game in the third. And they had a good, they scored two goals. It's like, oh. They're going to play good in the second. And they're going to blow the Blues out. But they played poorly in the second. They did. They got blown out instead. Um, here's here's my big concern. Mark Stone. I joked about it yesterday. He might be the new Keegan Colas. Oh, here. poor Listen. Mark Stone. He's coming off an injury. <sighs> trying to get back. Trying to get his legs under him. Five shots <laughs> yesterday. Only two of them were on goal. He had two scoring chances yesterday. Did not score. Uh, Mark Stone has had 12 scoring chances this season and has not scored. The only player that has played for the Golden Knights to have more scoring chances and no goals with the Golden Knights is Peyton Krebs. That's it. Nobody else is, has had as many scoring chances as Stone and not scored. And then if you look at high danger chances, only 24 players in the NHL have more high danger chances than Mark Stone, but have not scored yet. Like he's getting up there already again. Injured, hasn't played a lot this year, but he's a good player. He's on the ice for a lot of good chances. He's getting up there in terms of futility and despite having good chances, which is exactly what Keegan Colasar was. Well, he went from the best player to Pete DeBoer after the game last night saying he's he's still one of our good players. Like, <laughs> I was watching Pete DeBoer's press conference. I'm like, man, how far has poor Mark Stone fallen? He used to be like, best player. This guy's the best. Like Pete DeBoer, someone asked him about Mark Stone last night. He's like, well... <laughs> They're coming back from injury. We've got a lot of guys, you know, trying to get their legs back and still one of our best players. I'm like, I God, I would hope so. You gave him the C. <laughs> My goodness. He's only played seven games this right. year, right? It's not a massive cause for concern. And he still has like, I think, six assists already in those seven games. So he's still, there's still some point production from Mark Stone. And like I said, he's actually creating a decent number of chances. Like, He's on the ice for some good chances, and he's getting a lot of those specifically. Man, he had a great one last night. I don't know the, what the period was, but he was right in front. Yeah. And it was he's, like, wow. The last two games, he's had one of the best chances of the game right. and has not scored, which is exactly why I'm calling him the new Keegan Colasar, because that's what Keegan <laughs> Colasar does. Except for the fighting part. Uh, just give him some time. He'll fight somebody. <laughs> you think so? He'll get uh, frustrated enough he can't score and start fighting somebody. Uh, we saw injury? LeBron punched a guy in the face when he was frustrated. <laughs> just wait. Mark Stone will punch a guy in the face when he's frustrated. He's frustrated already. Yeah. If you watch the in-between second period interview last night. <laughs> I don't know if he said more than three words. Short answers? Oh, short answers. <laughs> and then when you got the thanks for joining us, I think he was six feet down the hall. So, yeah, he was not happy with himself. <laughs> so... They play the Predators on Wednesday. I'm telling you, Mark Stone, they, he gets through two periods where he's had like three scoring chances and hasn't scored yet. Some poor guy in the Predators getting punched in the face. <laughs> That's going to happen. Is Cody, Cody Glass? Cody Glass <laughs> I was going to say, is, he, is Cody Glass playing The last the I saw about Cody Glass is he got dumped to the minors. Okay. But right. that was like at the beginning of the season. Maybe they bring him up for this game. A little oh, motivation. That'd be fun. Oh, it'd be great. If he scored a goal against the Golden Knights, they'd be like looking around saying, where the hell has that yeah. been? Uh, he has only played two games for the Predators uh, this year, all right. 13 for their AHL team. Okay. He has 11 assists in 13 games, but only one goal. That's where he's at. Yeah. So call him up. Come on, Nashville. What are you doing? Oh, What's your roster situation? Get Cody Glass up on the roster so he can score. And then Mark Stone will probably punch him in the face. You, 
you ask here, uh, should they have taken Robin Leonard out five goals, um, spectacles 2.3? I've got to be honest with you, that was after the third goal last night. The wife goes, should they pull him? <laughs> like, I don't think they're pulling him just yet. It's three to two, and so, I don't know how many of these were his fault. But I don't know that they should have pulled him for poor play as much as the last 10 minutes of the game was non-competitive. The Golden Knights had no chance to win. Right, they're they're right. down five to two with whatever, with 10 minutes to go. Right. There's no chance to win. And I put that in there. It's very reactionary because he got hit in the face. He got run over by a St. Louis blue and was down for, you know, 15 seconds. He got back up and was fine. Go ahead, Jared. I know what point you're going to make. Is blue the singular of a St. Louis blues player? Yeah. Isn't it? Red Sox? Yes. St. Louis blue? Yes. Yeah, St. Louis blue. Heard that often. Okay. Because blues is a, not the same as like, Okay. That that seems very strange to me. I may need to like Google this. You should, yeah, because they're not. You're you're right because they're not named after the color blue. Yeah, they're named after blues music, which and no, you wouldn't say it plays blue music. Yeah, you you've got a point. That's fair, but I I do think it's St. Louis. I mean, blue. like James Neal plays for the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues player James Neal. You're probably right. Now that I say it out loud. I mean, no, it also is hockey, so uh, don't well, they, they technically have, like, three teams. St. Louis Blue. Yeah, they don't they have, like, three teams that are named after just being from Canada? So, like. <laughs> Wait, Canucks, Canadians? Oh, yeah, you're uh, right. I was going to go Habs, but, yeah, no, that's. Hmm. Maple Leafs? That's, yeah, that's kind of like naming it after Canadians. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, what is up with Canadian? Why Why can't they have names that aren't just, hey. What do you call Canadians? Wildcats or yeah, Hortons. well, I mean, snow. <laughs> I mean, they got Flames, Oilers, Jets. Even Senators sucks. That's a terrible nickname. Do they even have Senators in Canada? Don't they have a I'm different name? What what is up? These are terrible names. Maple Leafs is they the only invent, good one. They, well, I don't think they actually did. They invent the sport, but you know. Can't name their teams. They just get 11 guys yeah. together and go shirts versus skins. Canucks, not good. Canadians, not good. Flames, eh. Maple Oilers, Leafs. not good. Maple Leafs is good. Yes. It's on the it's on the flag. Yes. That's that's a good one. What would the what would be the American version of that? Like the of the Maple Leafs? Well, the, no, the it'd be like the, the Dallas Pit- Stars. Well, I meant more like the Pittsburgh Americans versus the, you know, Cleveland, the Houston Texans. Yeah. Well, that's pretty that's yeah. pretty that's bad pretty brutal too. One. All right, we got to play our Foo Fighters game. All right, all right. Helps if helps if I have. We're my giving away Foo Fighters tickets. Jared's asking me Foo Fighters trivia to figure out what collar we're taking. What's this question? What is Dave Grohl's middle name? Oh my god! Oh. All right, you have. Um, I've given you four options. All right, Richard, Jonathan, Stephen, or Eric. Don't look at me. I you have to answer. I know him as Stephen. What are the other options? <laughs> Richard, Jonathan, and Eric. Richard. Okay, we're still rolling with caller number one. Be listening at 945 for caller number be caller number one. We'll ask David Roth if he can answer that question. That's next. right. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from the Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. All right, David, we need your help because we are giving away Foo Fighter tickets later in the show. And to determine what caller number 
I am getting trivia questions about the Foo Fighters, and however many I get right throughout the show is what caller number we will take. The key here, though, is I know absolutely nothing about the Foo Fighters and so far have yet to get a question right. So, so we're it's going gonna... to so like be caller 1070 or whatever is going to get it? That'll be good. Well, no, no, no. right now it's caller right caller zero. Yeah, yeah. Right, right now we're up to now one. I see where you're yeah, working. Yeah. So I, I, I got one. I got within one year, so we know we're not going to get another question right. Yeah. So we're already gone to caller one. So we're gonna we're gonna have you help us out to add to the total. So Jared has a question that both of us got wrong, and we'll see okay. if you can get it right and help us out. What is? I'd be my honor. What is Dave Grohl's middle name? He doesn't oh, he wow. get the options. Well, I was gonna see. I was gonna see. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a lot about David's musical like <laughs> proclivities. I just know that like so if he had just like sh- shot it out, that would have been great. So all right, you have the options. Yeah, no, I uh, this is a, a really good question. I like the idea that you could be such a huge fan of the Foo Fighters that you know everybody's middle name. You're like every time somebody's <laughs> taking a drum tool, you're like that's classic Taylor Patrick Hawkins right there. Oh, uh, I don't. T- Taylor's actually- girl's middle name is it Horace? No, no. All right, here are your <laughs> options. Seem like a good guess. Richard, Jonathan, Stephen, Eric. Ah, uh, <laughs> let's say Richard. It sounds like a Richard situation. Is that right? No. Wow. All no. three of all us right. got it wrong. Can we just keep going? This is riveting radio. Like, yes, keep doing names because we need caller number two. Just keep, just keep guessing things. No. We'll, we'll ask you another one at the end. Okay. We'll have one more right, for you fair. later this, on. So give me time to like scan their Wikipedia page while I complain <laughs> about the Mets on the live radio with you. Okay, uh, we do. Uh, we do want to ask an update on your on your life. Did you get your dishwasher installed? <laughs> oh no, no, certainly not. Oh, <laughs> so man. I was I was telling Jared before I came on that I was actually like my father in law is going to be here for most of a week, and uh, I was just vacuuming around the dishwasher that's sitting in the living room right now, being like, "Terrific! This is you're 43 years old. You made it, man. You got two dishwashers. Neither of them work." Have they even followed up with like, hey, maybe in a month, or do do they just not call? No, well, you get, with contractors, there's always an element of being ghosted there. Like, I had to find the method that would allow the guy to like respond to messages for me. Like, obviously, he doesn't like email. That's fine. I don't like it either. Uh, doesn't answer his phone. Voicemail box full, so that's suboptimal. He will reply to texts. But this is also the sort of thing where, like, just texting a guy, being like, hey, just checking to see when you think you could rip the floor up of my kitchen. Before, <laughs> Like, is there a chance that we could do this before we have house guests for a week and a half? And it's, like, two days later, he's, like, working on insurance. I'm like, all right, thanks. Good. Good luck with the insurance. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a, we also have to have a plumber come and do a separate thing. So it's been – I've been uh, in touch with a lot of people. Uh, and it, this is not like a skill that I have. Like if I'm reporting a story, I at least know what questions I'm asking someone, but it's just like calling a plumber at 4 PM and just being like, can you help me? House is wet. <laughs> you know, like this not, doesn't feel like you're winning at that point at all. Like you're just kind of hoping that someone bails you out. All right. David Roth with us, defector.com. Um, Dave Cobble and the Oakland A's have paraded around Las Vegas the entire summer. They keep trying to get people to think they'd actually move here. Are they actually going to consider Las Vegas? Or are they just taking what they get in Oakland at this point? I feel like they're going to have to take what they get in Oakland. And it I, honestly, like it, it pretty much stinks for Vegas too. Cause I feel like that. I know the, the 51 stadium is like 
not state of the art. But I feel like they've been waiting to like build a proper stadium. Like this is like a city that really does want a baseball team. And I just don't think, I mean, like there's nothing about it that is like not major league to me relative to the situation in Oakland right now. I just don't think that those guys are, they're big bluffers and I don't think they're big doers. I just don't know that the, the uh, deal that they've got, which is for that, like it's like a Navy Yard site or something like that in Oakland. Like everything, I mean, I just got done complaining about how long it takes to get a dishwasher moved from one room to the other in New York City. Obviously, like getting public land in Oakland is significantly harder than that. But I can't see that there's been any momentum there in like years. It's just this back and forth game of, you know, being like, photographed in Montreal, like winking. <laughs> like, I don't think that's really working. Like, you have to either compromise or like really make a move. Okay. How ridiculous has Tampa Bay been about this half season in Montreal, half season in Tampa Bay? I honestly don't even get what they're going for there because it's the sort of thing where like, they're not going to move to Montreal. And the idea of taking this fan base that like, there is a real raised fan base. Like they're maniacs. Like you will encounter them online. Like they're, <laughs> on psychopaths. Hold on, hold on. Like, what did you say to insult the Rays that you found these people? They found, they find me, man. Like the Rays, <laughs> this is, I mean, I haven't written critically about them in a while, but if you write something about the Rays as being like sort of what they are, which is like a brilliant, but like effectively algorithmically generated uh, enterprise, they'll be like, are you saying that this, they're not playing baseball? That they're not a real baseball team because uh, they won 101 <laughs> games this year. So uh, it's like people that you don't know that are just like, like at Ray's sicko Jeff on Twitter. Like they're just name searching nonstop, ready to pounce. And you know, like that's a lot of people on Twitter, but you'd be surprised. Cause I think with me, the Rays, I always just sort of assumed that it was like local people taking their kids to games, but like not a lot of them. And like, they don't have a lot of kids and they still don't, you know, not a lot of people go to the games. But, like, there is an engaged fan base there. The stadium is just in a weird place, and they don't really seem very interested in, in bringing people in. So, but, like, getting... you know, as much as people in Montreal care, that's not viable either. They haven't done anything there beyond, like, bluff at it. So I'm getting the idea because we don't, on this show, we don't feel sorry for Las Vegas at all because they're being used as leverage, and no one wants to admit that. And they're like, oh, they're coming, they're coming. We're like, no, they're not really coming. Do you feel sorry for towns that are used for leverage? I mean... It depends, like, on how you let yourself be used. Like, I mean, Montreal, I don't get the sense it's exactly, like, going out of their way. They're like, yeah, all right, fine. Like, if you want to visit, like, it's not against the rules. Like, you can have poutine here. Like, it's allowed. <laughs> but I don't get the sense that there's, like, I think that if you were really, uh, like, going for it in a way that was kind of, like, demeaning to civic pride, I think at that point, so I can't really have a whole lot of sympathy for you. Like, you, if you know that you're probably being used in that way. And yet, like, you kind of consent to it because you want to seem like, you know, the 31st most big league city in the United States. And, like, that's corny. But I don't know exactly what, what Vegas is doing with any of this stuff. It's just, like, the nearest – it's, like, the biggest city that's in the same time zone that could theoretically support a baseball team. Have they really – you'd know this better than me. Have they really been, like, trying hard to, like, act like active partners of the A's in this endeavor? Or is it – I just thought Caval was just, like, showing up. Yeah, he's been here a few times, and the most recent news is that he put in a bid on a plot of land, but he won't tell anybody where that land is or if he bid a dollar <laughs> or if he actually put a serious bid on it. Um, no, nobody in Las Vegas has actually said, hey, yeah, if you come here, we'll give you, you know, $400 million no. or anything like that. 
And we talked about this before, I remember, because, like, we had a, a brief Henderson, Nevada chat. Like, yes, it's not yeah. like land is hard to find out there. Like, that's where the stadium would go, <laughs> yes. right? Because Henderson is, like, 300 square miles. Uh, potentially Summerlin. Somebody offered them free land okay. in Summerlin. Howard Hughes said you can have the land. Who already owned the baseball team. <laughs> Who already right. owned the aviators in Summerlin in a new ballpark. So they obviously are kicking them out. Jeez. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess it's the sort of thing where, you know, at some point, like, you're just letting the weirdest rich guy in your town make an important decision for everybody, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, that's civic life in 2021. It is a little weird <laughs> to have, like, Howard Hughes' ghost haunting the whole affair. It kind of points out how ridiculous it all is. Well, we already, you know, gave Mark Davis $750 million to come here, so he wouldn't be the Well, he's a master negotiator, though. He probably drove an incredibly good deal. <laughs> Listen, every day I, can't, I cannot figure out how we got conned into giving him that much money. Every day it blows me away. It's unbelievable. Um, I do want to ask you really quick. Are you surprised LeBron James actually got suspended by the NBA? Yeah, a little bit. And that was an extremely egregious. Like, honestly, that's about the most. I'm not going to use language on the radio in the morning. It is like one of the most clownish things I've ever seen a great player do. Like, I like just don't, especially and a friend pointed this out, that with LeBron, you know, either you have some sort of irrational dislike for him or you underrate him compulsively because you like love Kobe that much or whatever. I think that objectively LeBron is a genius and knows what he's doing every second that he's on the court, which to me means that he definitely meant to elbow Isaiah Stewart in the head hard (laughs) and he did it. And so at that point, like I was just surprised at the, the suspensions being as little as they were. Like, I feel like they did not want to suspend LeBron very much. They were aware that Stewart completely lost his mind for, you know, a good solid five minutes there and had like Cade Cunningham running bump and run coverage up and down the court to try to keep him away from LeBron. So like, but the idea that that somehow like Stewart actually, I think came out pretty well in this, just getting like a two game suspension for being like the first guy in an NBA game that really seemed like they wanted to fight since Tony Allen retired. That's pretty good. Like, he didn't have much to do with it, but I guess that's like the you know if you're going to get elbowed by anyone, it might as well be LeBron. Do you think everybody in the crowd in Detroit was looking around saying, "All right, who's throwing the cup at LeBron?" Um, there was something so crazy about it. A friend pointed this out later, and I didn't notice it. But I was watching the video, and I was like, "This doesn't look right." And they were wearing the Malice at the Palace throwbacks. That's not the normal Pistons <laughs> uniform, but they were wearing the the same whites that they were wearing at that game. So it was like I think my mind just sort of like assumed that at some point after the video cut off that, you know, whatever, like Malik Monk tried to punch a guy. But, yeah, it didn't happen. It's actually pretty normal relative to other things that have happened in those uniforms. I love the idea of the Pistons branding that as, these are the malice at the palace throwbacks. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> you remember the time that uh, Steven Jackson almost killed the guy here? <laughs> well, <laughs> relive those memories with this very special jersey promotion. All right, here we go. Another Foo Fighters question. Jared, do you, we just asked... better him, not be another middle name one. Are we just asked no. David or all three of us? Uh, well, all three of us. All right, so all I'll right. go first, Ed second, then we'll get to David. All right. All right. What Canadian singer-songwriter did Taylor Hawkins drum for before the Foo Fighters? Cher. Oh. Cher right. is not Canadian. All right, we're rolling. Alanis is it Morissette. Alanis? Alanis you Morissette. You both got that. It wow. was Alanis Morissette. I think I actually knew that. Although three, three. Like, he doesn't have a Sarah McLaughlin vibe. <laughs> but yeah, that is. 
Well, that's good. Congratulations to caller number three <laughs> on your Foo Fighters ticket <laughs> in an hour and a half. Thanks, David. Thanks, Thanks David. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Uh, and a reminder, that is at 945. Yes. Later in the show. Do not call now. We will have Foo Fighters tickets, but not now. Later in the show. we got to wait until we get them to give them away. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll get into some UNLV basketball. Hey, Julian, what are these guys talking about right now? Uh, I guarantee Gronk saying, like, yo, Tom, like, I don't think I'm, like, quite ready. Like, my, my lungs hurt a little bit. I, I, I need, like, two more, two more days of practice and I'll be there, babe. And, and Gronk and Tom's probably looking at him like, babe, I thought you did well today. You know, you know we, we got to keep it going. We got to get better. You know, like, we, I, I could have got you on that one, but then I, I didn't get you on there. But, I, babe, you, did, you looked great. Tom's, like, the ultimate confidence guy for old Gronk, so but that's probably the extent babe? of it. A lot of babes? A lot of babes. A lot of babes. TB's a babe guy. Hey, Julian, stay with yes, us, babe. We got some more questions for you. Oh, the old babe Thanks, trick, babe. huh? Come on. All right, babe. Two more minutes, babe. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. The main thing that I don't believe from that story is that Gronk needs help with his confidence. No, that's the one thing I don't think he needs. I do believe his lungs might have hurt a little, (laughs) but I don't believe that guy needs confidence with many things in life. And I believe he would say, hey, Tom, I think it's my lungs that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Is that normal? While holding his hip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I do want to ask you this, Ed. Am I wasting my time thinking about the NCAA tournament and this UNLV basketball team? Well, let me ask you this. Are they winning the conference tournament? Okay, so I am wasting my time <laughs> I believe is what so. you think. Because, okay, here's the situation UNLV's in. And we had Jordan McCabe on yesterday, and he kind of hinted at this as far as resumes, and he said, we've, we've got to win a game. We've got to, you know, you have to beat, beat some teams. So their schedule, while it's not a ridiculously hard schedule, it's a decent schedule. Schedule, right? They don't play any really awful team. So they're not going to have any con- non-conference games that truly drag them down. And they've got this handful of games against solid teams, right? They've already lost two of them, though. They lose to Michigan. They lose to Wichita State. They've got three left. UCLA on Saturday at home. And then they go on the road and play SMU and San Francisco. All three of those teams are top 70 teams. Most likely, all three of those games are going to be quad one games at the end of the year. Maybe there's a quad two game in there, depending on how good uh, San Francisco and SMU are. But when you're looking at an NCAA tournament resume, they've got three more chances here in the non-conference to register a quality win. And so my thought is this, and we're totally overlooking the mighty Whittier College poets, by the way. Jared, are are we doing a Foo Fighters question here? Yes, yes, we are. I love the poets. Can we do it at the start of the front page instead? So we'll do two. We'll do one at the start and then one at the yeah, end. On air planning. Good job. So here's my thing, though. They play UCLA on Saturday, San Francisco and SMU the next week on the road. If they win two of those three games, I think they've put themselves in a decent oh. shot to, again, they're going to have to play extremely well in the Mountain West. Right. But they're, they're going to have given themselves a decent shot to maybe have an at-large resume at the end of the day. Like if they listen, if they can beat SMU and San Francisco on the road, and God forbid they actually beat UCLA at home, that would be a big one. But if they can beat SMU and San Francisco on the road, I don't think they will. But if they could, you now have two quality wins in non-conference play. Their non-conference strength of schedule is going to be solid, 
and they're going to have a decent record, assuming they win the rest of those games against the Seattles and the Hartfords of the of the schedule. I, I think that's that's a decent start. Again, you're going to have to rip off 13, 14 Mountain West wins. But I, I feel to me it might be a waste of time. But I do feel like the at least the opportunity is there if they win. Some well, the of these opportunity's games. there. And do you think I'm strange for before I saw them over the weekend? Uh, excuse me, against um, Michigan and Wichita State. Before I saw them, I thought they were losing all these games. No, I don't think so. Because like I thought they were going to lose at SMU, San Francisco. I'm not so sure now. Well, they're projected to lose those games. They are, and they, they're still going to be no matter what happens. Even if they they're going to be dogs in all those games. Yeah, even if they beat UCLA, they'll still probably be projected right. to lose to SMU and San Francisco. Those are solid teams, and they're going on the road to do them. So like the expectation is they walk out of this, you know, with all, all losses, right. right? All losses in these games. Maybe they sneak one out, but that's the expectation is that they go 0 and 5. Well, these. if that happens, they better win 15 Mountain West Conference games and win the conference tournament. Well, if the- that happens, the only thing that matters <laughs> no, is sure. winning the conference yeah. tournament at that point. So, but just my, I don't know. My thought is the, the opportunity is there to have something decent mm-hmm. going into conference play. It wouldn't put them in for sure. It wouldn't be like great, but no. it'd be decent. And at least we could kind of, right. Hey, maybe, maybe if they, you know, go on a good run here in Mountain West play, they'd have a chance. And, San Francisco beats Gonzaga in the WCC. That'd help.